Thank you so much for tuning in to a brand new episode of the Green Gen podcast. I am your host Prerna Therodkar. Moving forward, you can also address me as PT. Here's the bonus point. This episode will be co-hosted by me and my dear friend Varun Paul, who has been extensively working in the domain of social impact. He is a consultant at Satwa Consulting and has been an Ashoka fellow. Together, we will be interviewing Prerna, the founder of EcoBlog, a social stay aggregator in India. Now you might wonder, what does an aggregator mean? It's probably like an amalgamation of Airbnb or Make My Trip, but with a USP of eco stays or hotels that do not harm the environment and have minimum impact on our planet. those that support local businesses and help you reduce your environmental impact i know you probably wonder or have probably wondered that you know my impact is defined by how i travel and the food i consume or the bags i use plastic is to a great extent the contributor to our carbon footprint but it's beyond that in this episode we will leave you enabled with how you can plan better stay in a location that has minimum impact on the environment and if you decide to stick around you'll also know how prerna identified that market demand for eco stays and what led her to building eco plot in case you're interested in checking out the website i have linked it in the bio thank you so much once again and hope you enjoy this episode So thank you everyone for tuning in uh, session. So we have a fantastic co- uh, guest today on our session, Ms. Prerna Prasad, a person who has disrupted the ecotourism industry, to so to say. So just to give you a little bit of background about who Prerna is and uh, where she comes from, Prerna was a former journalist. She's worked at big names like CNN, IBN, in India Today, and has been a social activist. uh being part of the anna hazare's movement and uh several other issues as well where she's uh, voiced her opinion uh more recently uh she has made a transition from being a journalist to a social entrepreneur uh she runs an organization called ecoplore which promotes uh, which is an aggregator for eco-friendly stays and uh this has been quite a success because uh through her venture she was uh, she was conferred a fellowship in the women entrepreneurship and empowerment uh we which is a joint initiative of iit delhi niti aayog and dst uh she won the scholarship at the women get funded program which was conducted by a silicon valley based investor alicia castillo uh and she was ecoplore was also listed among the top uh 50 startups by i mean which was uh, rated by im calcutta innovation park so we welcome you to today's show uh, prerna thank you so much for your time thank you varun for the for the entire bio which you gave <laughs> yeah it's intimidating man <laughs> <laughs> yes we have an accomplished woman amongst us <laughs> yep yes so uh, prerna just uh, to get a better sense of how you got into uh, social entrepreneurship right like you were working as a journalist uh, at these big names how did 
I mean, what was your experience like then and what prompted you to really move into the realm of social entrepreneurship? Uh, could you touch a little bit upon that? Uh, so basically, um, I was a journalist um, working in, uh, started with CNN IBN, then Headlines Today, which is a part of India Today Group, and few international organizations. But uh, the journalism did not satisfy me because we all know that uh, to what level are uh, especially TV journalism has trooped down to. So uh, when I started in 2010, at that time, it was pretty good, but gradually the level really went down. So that was, uh, that was one major uh, reason why uh, my interest into journalism was uh, getting reduced. And um, while doing the journalism, I was also active in uh, the Anna Hazare anti-corruption movement. And uh, I did work for Ahmadni Party till 2015. So uh, I got to see activism and politics a bit. And that entire movement uh, or even the party was focusing on corruption. But while doing all that, I realized that environment where, which provides us uh, air and water, which, is, which are the two basic needs for survival without which I mean, we can we can die. We cannot survive a moment uh, without that. So, no, very very few people were genuinely working for in the cause of environment. And even among those who were working, they were mainly uh, either activists or academicians. So, uh, in terms of uh, uh, products or services or entrepreneurs, they were like hardly like very very few few people. And what I realized after doing activism was that if, if you really want to bring a large level change, then you need to have a economic, uh, re, uh, like you need to get into the economy. So there has to be a demand and supply. Only then you can bring a large level change. So uh, that was the reason why I thought of uh, getting into entrepreneurship and obviously social entrepreneurship was the choice. And environment uh, was, a, uh, I took up environment because uh, uh, I thought that there were very, very few people working for it and it was the bare, like very basic necessity which all human beings need. And why tourism? Because uh, I was passionate about travel. So uh, combining tourism and environment, uh, I started EcoFloor. So Prerna, just adding on to that, right? Um, if you could just elaborate more on tourism, right? Like I understand all of us, at least uh, at least who are currently working, starting off their careers, the best thing that we put on our resumes is love to travel. Or you know, when you are asked, what are you passionate about? I love traveling. When we've just gone from maybe from our our city to another city, and that's all we've done our life. But we love traveling. So what actually in travel and tourism was it that that caught your eye and forget I mean of course travel is important but then like just combining travel and and environment because a lot of times I hear people say oh you know I'm going to travel by air and that's going to be generating carbon uh, like that's a lot of carbon footprint but not realizing that there's much more beyond that when it comes to travel. So if you could just, you know, help us understand what is it. So, uh, so one basic reason why I started EcoPlore was that uh, if you, uh, I mean, if you have traveled to either Shimla, Manali, Uti, any, any popular nature-based location, you'll find only... Uh, 
hotels, resorts, buildings, uh, garbage, pollution, crowd. That's like one major dominating scene which uh, you can picturize while visiting any of these popular locations. So people have now started to uh, look for unexplored places. They now want to go to uh, GB, Tirthan, or maybe a very remote location which nobody has heard about. So um, my entire idea of starting Ecoplore was that if these unexplored places which are now getting uh, explored, if they also are developed like Shimla or Manali, then within five years or 10 years, we'll lose them. And that is what is happening on ground. So the entire idea was to uh, promote the genuine tourism happening at these unexplored areas in the outskirts, which are not popular, which are not very popular right now and uh, to popularize those individuals or organizations which are uh, focusing on environment and yet providing a tools to a facility or a hotel or a homestay or a resort over there. So uh, by highlighting them, uh, if suppose a new hotelier wants to build a hotel in GB, which is now an emerging destination. So if they see that uh, somebody is earning because they have a wood house or they have solar panel and they have a lot of greenery around them, that's why they're getting traffic. So that person will also try to invest some amount in that environment uh, factor, not because uh, he is like uh, his commercial factor has uh, uh, he has left it, but because he's seeing that there's more commerce coming in somebody who is investing in environmental measures. So uh, that was the entire idea and it is uh, being effective because uh, uh, I'm taking the example of GB because we prom started promoting one particular destination over there which is now like uh, one of the top uh, homestays in entire Himachal Pradesh and there are a lot of other homestays which came up but they are following certain measures which are eco-friendly. They are not just uh, blindly building concrete structures. So I believe that's a success story, but um, still like we need to do much more. <laughs> I so, so when you say GB, right, I'm sorry, I'm from Mumbai. And for me, <laughs> North India is Delhi, Nainital, Masuri. That's it. And Dharmashala, of course. <laughs> so where is this exactly in Himachal? And if you could just highlight, like give us a scenario, right? A picture of how do we even think of a homestay there? What does it look like? Uh, so, so does GB homestay? And adding on to that, uh, how do you really distinguish between something that is a homestay there that is environment friendly and non-environment? Yeah. So, so first I'll give you a picture of this homestay in GB, which I'm referring to. Uh, it is, GB is located around uh, two or three hours from Manali. So there is a tunnel which comes uh, through which you have to uh, go to go, uh, while going to Manali. And before that tunnel, you take a different route. So uh, this is, uh, this stay is located at the end of that entire region. And it's on a hilltop. So beyond that, there is nothing. And it's the last village you can see in that area. And um, uh, it's, it's not a very big state. They have three cottages. One is a cottage, two are tree houses, uh, beautiful uh, wooden tree houses. So on the tree which they have uh, constructed those tree houses, they haven't uh, damaged even like a branch, you can say, because uh, the tree is um, moving inside the uh, tree house. So it's not just based on the tree house, but uh, you can see the trunk of the tree passing inside the tree house. So that's the care which they've taken. And they follow solar panels, they segregate the 
the waste uh, the food they give is uh, mostly local uh, uh, grown in that village only the owner the most important thing is that the owner is a local person so uh, when the when you really want to uh, give to the local economy the the owner has to be a local person otherwise you're not giving to the local economy and he has employed local people so uh, the money is going in local hands and uh, so that so and then the person belongs to the village itself he has been living there for generations uh, his family has been living there so he has that concern and care for the environment so that's one biggest reason why uh, he will still think many times before damaging or destructing his place uh, and in comparison to somebody a hotelier who has moved from delhi or mumbai and they uh, they have just constructed a commercial hotel over there uh, in order to make more money or they're seeing that uh, this eco tourism is happening so even if they have constructed a eco hotel uh, they will not have that personal um, connection or attachment to it so cutting a tree for them is not a big thing but cutting a tree for this local villager he will think before doing that uh, then coming to how do we differentiate between a regular place and a eco stay uh, we have two qualification criteria one that uh, any hotel which uh, is at least 30% green inside its campus so greenery is not lawns it should be like proper trees inside their campus and it should be made of non concrete material so the construction of all our hotels are either mud wood bamboo stone or any heritage building uh, more than like uh, 80 years 100 years old or uh, any kind of local architecture so we do not have any hotel made of brick and mortar so that's like the biggest usp you can say um, if you check our website uh, you'll find like all the pictures you you won't find a make my trip type pictures because we don't promote a concrete hotel and that is the biggest uh, destructive material in terms of construction also and then uh, they also follow a lot of other sustainable measures like uh, rainwater harvesting solar panel uh, they grow their own food uh, they have uh, vegetable garden fruit trees uh, they have a lot of activities inside their campus so uh, so if you choose any of our eco stays you don't need to go for sightseeing because uh, at least two nights you can spend in the hotel itself because there's enough to do in the campus or around it and um, it's in the outskirts it's near the mountain or river side away from the noise pollution uh, away from the crowd so all these features like are a big distinguishing factor and above all of it we personally visit every hotel so there is no other um, aggregate a website i can claim which takes the pain of personally visiting every hotel and then starting to promote it we personally visit every property and only then we decide to take it on our platform so that gives a guarantee of their safety the comfort the hygiene the fun factor and everything we know each and everything about the property which we are promoting so you must have so right now if i am not wrong you uh, you have around uh, 300 uh, different or 120 different accommodation yeah 120 so the, again 120 different locations being personally vetted i think you must have had a treasure trove of um, great <laughs> memories any particular incident in this uh, in this amazing journey of visiting these 120 different beautiful places that stood out for you so far uh 
we have, like I have a lot of memories in both positive and negative terms because there have been a lot of instances where we visited and we uh, they did not qualify our criteria uh, and there are places where which qualified our criteria but the intent was not there so the intent is also equally important because uh, the place may have non-concrete construction and uh, uh, greenery but uh, for example uh, there's a very big company um, uh, which has like a chain of uh, resorts and hotels and uh, we went to verify their place in Rishikesh uh, in Shippuri and what they had done that uh, they had made a new um, uh, eco tent on a mountain which was not ventured at all so that mountain was completely virgin it had no hotel no tent nothing no village and these people had constructed a eco um, tent based swiss tent based accommodation so they had made a base of concrete and they had made swiss tents over there but um, their place was such that uh, they had trees because obviously it was a forest but they cleaned it in a such in such a way that uh, there were no leaves on the ground and it was like very very clean. It didn't feel like a jungle. It just had like ten trees around and uh, everything was very clean, so that nobody had any discomfort of like you are in a forest, but you don't have the discomfort of the forest. So uh, and they were running like um, hundred percent concrete non eco resort since last thirty years. So when we actually figured out that if they are if they really had the intent of doing eco, what what were they doing for the last thirty years? If they were they are running like five or six other places which are non eco and then they started this in the name of eco because it has a it has become a trend then it is completely like unjustified uh, but there have been like very very uh, positive instances also for example uh, i remember a place in gir uh, where i went um, what these people had done like uh, uh, there was almost two kilometers of off-roading and uh, from the uh, from the field area agricultural farms and once you enter their gate you felt like you're in a different zone because it was a dense forest and uh, the way they had kept it completely dense forest with uh, cottages which were like far off from each other and um, they had named every uh, every cup plant or everything which was there in their place so uh, it was a very good place especially for the on the uh, for the students or uh, on the educational front and um, they had a river uh, beside their stay and you could see crocodiles from standing in the balcony of your room uh, in that river so it was wow. so good <laughs> and uh, the person, the owner of the place, he he was a uh, expert in grafting. So he had grafted, and he was cultivating around 120 varieties of mangoes in his entire place. It was wow. so 120 varieties of mangoes, and he had all kinds of like exotic vegetables, local vegetables, fruit trees, every kind of thing. Like I, I saw this big like pumpkin and. Uh, vegetables like of this big size and they were all organic it's it was not that he was using chemicals so and he was a very very simple ordinary person you couldn't i felt he was just working in that farm i mean he didn't even seem to be a owner when i saw him so you do realize we've been sitting at home this entire year and you just you just describing this entire scenario has put us on a mission to get to give and find this hotel <laughs> 
Yes, I'm I'm booking my flights right now, right? Yeah, and on the background, I'm just booking my flight tickets to get around. Yeah. But what is what is this place called? It sounds this really is, amazing. This is in Gir only. Uh, it's in Sasan Gir. So uh, I mean, if if you don't go for safari, this place is enough. Like they have they have a tree on which in the evening that entire tree turns white because there's so many thousands of birds coming and sitting on that one tree. Wow. So, and wow. that is, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So like that, we have a lot of properties which are uh, uh, very very unique, um, uh, very unique features they have. So you don't need any other place except for into that state. Pray, I was just curious. How did you find these? Like, you know, what was what was the process? <laughs> <laughs> so, so there is like the best way to find them is through reference. Uh, if you meet somebody and if that person ha- tells you that okay, they have gone to a place uh, which is eco, and then I search about it, and then we speak to them, and then so best way is ref somebody. How did you first start? Like, what was your initial process when you decided to leave your job? That time, I'm sure it must have grown yeah. out of reference, but your no, first. So- so there is a story in that that I left my job without knowing what to do next. I what if I say what to do that? Yeah. So generally people think that okay they have some next plan and then they leave. So uh, I was like really irritated with this last job uh, of mine, and uh, this was about uh, uh, in a company which used to do uh, news and events for. a space related stuff so it was working for uh, news on space satellites drones rockets and uh, while working there i realized that we have polluted planet earth and now we are not leaving any other part yes, so we are doomed for <laughs> life and then we took a break like uh, me and my husband we went to malaysia just for a holiday and there um, i was looking for uh, eco places in malaysia so whenever i traveled in india i used to find it because i belong to this country but uh, in malaysia i didn't know anything and it took me almost a month to find like six hotels uh, which are eco but when i stayed in each of them uh, it was uh, like a truly amazing experience because uh, every hotel so was in malaysia yeah yeah so every hotel was unique and uh, something was a chalet which was a local construction five feet above the ground something was a tube hotel which was uh, beside the beach and uh, in a very uh, one it, ha- it just had a bed and nothing else no place to move around it was made in a tube so it, they were very very unique places and there i realized that okay let let me when i go back i'll start something where i'll aggregate the eco hotels in india and uh, yeah and then that's how i started this. that's amazing but how yeah. how are the customers yeah. uh, or the people who have visited the hotels what have their reactions been to these eco i mean it's a new concept right like how have they, how what have you seen as reactions from their end Uh, so all those who have gone um, you can say that 95% of them have loved it and there have been many repeat customers because because they have loved the concept and uh, uh, everything they didn't had any reason to not like it uh, because the facilities were great the place was good and they had a lot of things to do uh, and um, but the point is that uh, when to convince a customer to choose a eco place rather than a regular place has been like a really really tough exercise because in india people still don't understand the meaning of eco friendly hotel 
I mean, you need to explain them, explain them, convince them. And most of the people who have gone, they have gone through references or they have been like uh, like friends or family or their reference. So most uh, visitors are references still now. But uh, now, like especially after COVID, we have started to get like a lot of queries. And the reason is that now people have realized the value of nature and uh, why they, would, they don't want to go to a regular hotel because also because of the fear of COVID uh, and they want to choose like a homestay or any kind of alternative accommodation. So I believe that COVID is a blessing for us, <laughs> especially because now people have realized that they need to, yeah, they need to change their mindset and it is changing. It is projected that the travel industry is something that's definitely going to boom post-COVID. Everyone's just oh, frustrated sitting at home. It is, it is, it is. Uh, so right now, there are a lot of restrictions yet. Uh, and there are a lot of places also where uh, the hotels are not open completely. But otherwise, uh, we're getting very good queries now. So adding on to the previous one, right? Uh, you said people don't understand eco-stays. If I am to... Honestly, I have, it, it is expensive to go live in a five-star. And now that the prices are coming down, uh, if you could just give me a, a quick comparison, right, about what my impact will be if I go to a regular stay, when as compared to that, which is an eco stay, that'll be really helpful. I mean, just to understand, because we don't understand. Thank you. So, I'll give you a comparison on basis of price also and also on the basis of features and uh, and the impact which you'll be making. So if you choose a regular hotel, suppose uh, costing 3000 rupees from any of the mainstream sites and uh, then uh, you stay in the hotel, you have the breakfast, but for the entire day you have to move out. The hotel, you don't have anything to do in the hotel. So uh, you just use it for sleeping. And then in the daytime, you either go for sightseeing or you go for different activities and you spend your money over there. You uh, take your lunch and dinner on the day, wherever you're going. So you're spending at least minimum 2,000 rupees on the activities. It's like minimum amount, I'm telling you, uh, on the lunch, dinner, and the activities. And uh, in our case, we are giving you a stay for 5,000, and this is for two people. So we are giving you a stay for 5,000, which includes all the meals, which are organic, which are grown inside the property. And um, uh, they have a lot of activities to be done. So you don't need to go for sightseeing. You don't need any vehicle. You don't need to go anywhere. And you'll be getting activities, for example, like uh, trekking. Uh, if there's a waterfall or a water body, you can visit that and enjoy enjoy that uh, or birding or um, maybe surfing or ladder climbing, uh, campfire, there are a lot of swings, uh, there are indoor activities, uh, chess, carom, all that is like very basic. But uh, on the outdoors also, like uh, depending on a village tour, so the, the activities differ from state to state. And uh, the meals are uh, 100 times better than the hotels or what you eat outside because it's completely home cooked and uh, uh, you can also give your choice. If uh, there were not, very, not many people, you can give your choice also that you want to eat this at uh, this time. And you, you can even pluck the vegetables from your own hands and give them to cook. 
So uh, the experience is totally different in both the situations. The price is also uh, same. In fact, in case of a place which is uh, concrete, it is higher because you're spending in bits and pieces. Here you have to just spend once. And apart from all this, the kind of impact you're making, if you're choosing a concrete hotel, first of all, that concrete construction is a great damaging, uh, like it has a lot of carbon emission uh, using transportation, using the construction material, uh, using the, the land which they have cleared off. So they have done a lot of carbon emission already and you are being a part of it because you are contributing to their economy. And then more hotels will come up because more people are going to concrete stays. So then so you are- Stopping you right there, uh, stopping you right there. Do you mean travel when it comes to people constructing the hotel or do you mean travel of me going there? No, I'm, I'm talking about you. So you are a traveler, you are a visitor, you are a tourist, and you visit a concrete hotel. So you are promoting the construction of concrete hotels. Because if you are choosing concrete and that concrete hotel is getting money from you, so I'm just talking about one instance. So like you, there are hundreds and thousands of people. So Most more and small more, actions, big, like yeah. small cumulative yeah. actions yes. coming up. Yes. But then these are already built, right? So how does it matter? Okay. So for those which are already built, it doesn't matter because now the construction is done and you cannot change it. But Ladakh is a very good example for this. In Ladakh, initially when the tourism started, it started with the homestays and all the local uh, construction which was over there, especially the mud houses. But now, uh, if you see, uh, there are so many concrete constructions which have happened, and especially by people from uh, these metro cities who have gone there and built hotels. So why this has happened? Because in Ladakh, the tourism has enhanced. And uh, people choose the concrete hotel because, uh, for example, if you find a cheap hotel on Oyo, which is costing you just two, 3,000 rupees, you would go for that instead of spending a 5,000 rupees on maybe Ecoplode. Because you, you don't know the difference. You, you think that this is uh, cheaper, so you'll go for that. So in Ladakh, like, it's a, it's a very big example how that entire area was, uh, has been like, very badly polluted by the construction. Now, Northeast is another example where uh, Northeast is yet not a very popular destination, but within five years it will become. And now, like I remember one of my friends, I have not been to Northeast yet, but my friend, uh, he went there two years back and he stayed in a homestay. And two years later when he went, he said that homestay has been replaced by a concrete building. And the reason is that the people who come to visit that area, they demanded a concrete structure. They said that uh, we don't want to live in this kind of a homestay. Can you make a concrete building? And uh, with all the basic facilities which we get in our city. So, so somewhere it's the tourist or the guest who, who obviously uh, the demand what uh, they, is what the result is of the demand which is there in the economy. So, if people accept that homestay and say that okay, we love your homestay and we want more like that, then why not those okay people will go for the homestay only? But it's be the tourist who actually are <laughs> like damaging it. So that's why, like, uh, in the beginning when you said that how tourism contributes to environment pollution or carbon emission, I believe tourism is one of the uh, biggest uh, sectors which are contributing to environment pollution. And unfortunately, this is not very much highlighted. 
because uh, because it's in uh, it's not that's it's not seen in a concrete way it's a very abstract uh, way to measure that uh, but uh, construction of hotels uh, obviously the transport uh, beat the uh, like a car uh, train is I, I believe the only eco-friendly mode of transport <laughs> so so the travel part and um, then the transport uh, the food because uh, most of the restaurants uh, you you go to Himachal Uttarakhand or any any place uh, uh, people generally come from the metro city so either they come from Delhi Mumbai Bangalore uh, or Kolkata like all the metro, that's the tourists are major from the metros. So they have a particular eating set of eating habit. For example, they want to eat pizza. Now, a lot of ingredients of the pizza is not grown in that village. So they would obviously take it from the city. Uh, so that involves a lot of uh, carbon emission on a daily mm -hmm. basis. So all that very, very small thing is not counted. And, this is too uh, complicated, man. This is too <laughs> much. I just wanted to go on a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, is, this is too much. <laughs> it is very complicated, but uh, but it is unfortunately creating a lot of carbon, and that's why I see Bhutan. No, Bhutan has uh, yeah. uh, a very um, restricted tourism. I mean, they, uh, I, I was planning to go to Bhutan, and then I saw that you have to pay some uh, twenty four hundred or twenty five hundred rupees every day per person just as a tax so, wow. so, so so just imagine if you're paying 2500 as a tax then the hotel cost is extra the food cost is extra transport is this because of covid or is it in general no, 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 that's in general that's this in is general. to uh, not promote tourism too much, is it? Not, I mean, no. to ensure that there aren't too many tourists, no, is that? No, no, it's not that they don't want to promote tourism. It's because they want to maintain the environment. So it's the only carbon a negative country in the world. So it's such a small country, and it's yeah. in Asia. It's our neighbor. And it's it, a, they have an interesting TED talk also, right? Uh, there's an interesting TED talk that is that that's out there about Bhutan and how it's it's carbon negative. Which is pretty interesting. I mean, I, I'm sure we would give 100 rupees extra. 2,500 is too much. <laughs> no, then, then everybody... But 1,000 rupees is fine. <laughs> A Starbucks no, coffee price is okay. Uh, but that's why they have been able to maintain that. Otherwise, the lot of hotels would come up and then the hotels will come up on the land only where the trees are there. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Uh, to you know you as a person you know if what is what is it that drives you every day and what is your purpose in this decade like you know 2020 and beyond what do you see yourself doing what is your vision and your purpose in life and, and also how old are you you look pretty young <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so this is a part of your interview session. <laughs> that's, 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 good. that's going to be fun, right? <laughs> yeah, so I'm 32. I turned 32 this year. Okay. And um, uh, regarding, wow. uh, regarding your question of personal vision or goal, uh, EcoPlore obviously is, uh, is what I want to do. And uh, I've been I've been doing a lot of things uh, till now, but now I'm like 
uh, my parents tell me that you change your mind every time. So this time I will not change. I'm sure that I'm going to continue with EcoFloor. And uh, the reason is the uh, the kind of environment destruction which is happening. And uh, uh, we all know, like, um, if you go deep into uh, the destruction which is happening, uh, it has reached to a level that we cannot reverse it. And um, there's this movie of David Attenborough, Our Life, uh, uh, yeah. The Life of Planet. Yeah. So, so that is a very interesting movie, and uh, I believe what he has said in that uh, is is true. So, uh, knowing all that, still we can do a bit. And personally, I want to uh, basically buy forest land, the original forest land where we have the nature's forest. Uh, in in any any remote area, uh, preferably in Uttarakhand, and just rewild it or give it back to nature, and let it wow man, <laughs> let it as it is, and, and maybe like if I can live there, I would want. To, I, I would this is the most unique vision I've ever heard of anyone. Yeah, this, this, is, this is like protecting a piece of land instead of instead of investing in the stars and moons that people book on our names, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I recently saw an incident where someone uh, named a star but, and that was a gift to his own girlfriend and I'm like, oh, where will I spot this star? How can I see this star? So this is interesting, a good gifting idea for sure. <laughs> no, so, so I don't know why, like, uh, I have, till now I've not been able to understand those who are investing in moon and Mars and stars, uh, why they can't protect their own land. I mean, uh, this, what they have is they don't want to cherish that or they have just realized that, no, they can't do anything about it and they want to start <laughs> i mean they're actually d drilling and digging into different other planets so that's really sad ordinary is underrated <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. totally yeah that's good. yeah so uh, prerna uh, just on a final note right uh, this has been great hearing how your journey has been some of these really fun incidents that you've come across and these beautiful locations that you've described. I'm going to go and check them out. Uh, and do. whoever's please listening, whoever's listening please in, please do go and check it out, check it out as well. Uh, but yeah, my final question was, what has being a woman in this industry really taught you? And do you have any message for uh, other young ambitious women out there? or just youngsters in general, if you, uh, if you'd like to share a message from your end, uh, that would be superb. Okay. So being a woman, especially in tourism industry has taught me a lot because tourism is a male dominated industry completely. And, uh, again, like there was an instance where uh, we went somewhere, uh, for verifying and we were like, I was there with my friends, so there were four people, four of us were, were women, and the guy we were talking to, I asked him that how many employees you have in your company, he said some 350 employees, and we asked him how many women, because that's one question which is there in our uh, verification part, he said uh, we don't have any single women except uh, the owner's uh, daughter, so I said, I mean we were shocked that he said that. 
very very proudly in front of us so uh, in order to change that uh, and that, that is one another reason why they are less solo women travelers so they are uh, for a for a men traveler there is nobody says them solo women a men traveler or solo man traveling nobody yeah. you have not heard this term at all but this term of solo women traveling is popular why because they're very very few of them and they're few because the industry has a very few uh, um, women in the tourism industry and uh, those who are there majorly they are either only in the reception uh, part and like you won't believe uh, two days back i was talking to a manager in some hotel and i i was uh, one, like talking to him regarding collaboration and he took me so lightly because i was a woman and i called him again and then i spoke in a manner that second time he had like he took me seriously so this is what happens when you are a woman so that's a sad scenario but uh, it will improve only when there are more women in the sector so um and i i uh, like women are equally interested obviously uh, it's not just the men who wants to work in tourism so if they're interested they there is like they should come ahead and be a part of it on the entrepreneurship front uh, there are enough opportunities for women uh, especially now because uh, i mean there are a lot of uh, grants fellowships uh, there are a lot of organizations accelerators which are uh, which are working only and only for women entrepreneurs so if you're thinking uh, as a woman to become an entrepreneur in any domain uh, go ahead right now it's the right time and in general for the youth um, i believe visit eco plan contribute to environment conservation <laughs> are, are, we, are we getting <laughs> discounts only then <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you visit one time so we actually as a company have realized that we don't want to work on the concept of discount because uh, those companies which give discount they obviously add some amount and then they give you discount nobody does it for free that's like nobody would gives you even a rupee for free so uh, that's a huge it's a cheap uh, hack here right your secret business secret that's out right here. yeah yeah i am like very open to any customer also ask for discount we say the same thing that uh, uh, i mean we are not charging you anything which is extra we we will charge only that amount which the stays charging you so our cost is also not extra that if you are booking from us or if you are booking from the state directly you will be charged it differently it won't happen and uh, we can't give discount because uh, those who give they they first increase the price and then they refuse so we don't want to do that <laughs> so, yeah. so awesome this has been amazing thank you so much thank you so much prerna this was amazing just talking to you and getting to eat, i mean getting into your head a little bit i think it's 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 time we move beyond goa <laughs> yes <Yeah>. sure <laughs> there are lot of good options beyond goa <laughs> you heard yeah. it guys yeah <laughs> you heard it your first first time <laughs> anyway so thank you so much prerna for your time really yeah okay okay thank you so much thank you Hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was probably like a chat with our friends. Few takeaways from this episode that you can remember on your next trip. Always keep in mind that it's not just our 
travel impact that leads to our carbon footprint it is much more it is how you consume your food the businesses you support or where you stay where and how you stay is very very important when it comes to identifying your carbon footprint as rightly said by prerna eco stays are an essential part of local businesses next time you plan your travel do not forget to sit down and identify which local business you are contributing to do a little research on who is the founder of that business and then go have fun in our next episode i will be joined by ria ria is the founder of ecoware all of us have faced difficulties when it comes to plastic packaging plastic is harmful to the environment is no not an alien concept anymore it's something that all of us know but sometimes uh, we are blindfolded to the nitty gritties of it do you, do we really ask the right questions do we even question what we are buying which packaging has gone into it or where does it come from i don't i'm sure many of us don't it's just habit that leads us to it in the next episode join ria and i as we discuss what plastic packaging does to our environment questions that you can ask next time you go out shopping and chat about a lot of other things do not forget to tune in next tuesday until then have fun and lead a purpose driven life bye